When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. with another live episode of Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, how are you? Hair's looking great. I'm good, thank you. You know, I'm surprised because I actually just took a hat off. Yeah, so yeah, I wake up in the morning and sometimes the hair's like sticking in different directions, uh, but I haven't washed my hair today yet. So, you know, I, I had to put some water on it, put a hat on to flatten out the sides, you know, because those get crazy uh, during the night. And, uh, you know, apparently it looks fine. Thank you. I think it looks great. And and also, you know, while Steph and I share similar struggles, Steph has the superior hair. That's why I put my hat on. I'm not I'm not doing anything with this hat. Like, especially I got to get it really up in the morning, get it ready to go and just go. But, uh, yeah, that's not why you guys are here. I'm trying to make sure that everybody gets lined up. So make sure you guys are subscribed to all three of our YouTube channels um, and make sure you get the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. So, Steph, before we get into what everybody's here for and what everybody's talking about in the comment section, you've dropped another fire video. And I feel like you and I, we didn't know we were doing this. I dropped the reel on Instagram. You dropped the reel on Instagram, TikTok, all those things. And it kind of just happened at the same time. Yours made me super happy. And I know you love Bill Hader and all that stuff, but I, yours made me super, super happy. So for you guys that don't know, uh, obviously Steph is our resident Nick Bosa impersonator. Obviously, the team knows, right? John Lynch knows and, and has that video still. I'm sure he looks at it when he's down so he can get a good laugh <laughs> and things like that. But uh, this new one is so good. And, uh, you know, I think Rob has it queued up. I, it's so good that we have to watch it, like, again. And, and, and I'm fine with it because it gives me a good laugh. So let's get it. <laughs> it's interesting. Hey, Cal. How you doing? I'm good. How's the workout been going? It's been good. You should PR yesterday. And how's Florida? How's the boat? And the boat's great. Hot. We need to get you out here soon. You look tan. Your legs still look big. It's uh, nice of you to notice, <laughs> I guess. What are you going to do today? Heading to the gym. Oh, by the way, Kyle, uh, before I forget, um, my agent sent over some updated numbers in the uh, contract proposal. Did you guys get that yet? Hello? <laughs> yeah, he definitely got him. <laughs> Steph, first of all, masterful work as usual. But a quick question. 
that leg massager thing, did you literally go and buy that just for no, that? No, no, okay. I, I did not. My, okay. my girlfriend got it as a gift uh, a couple years ago. We never use it. And like, it's funny because I only use it for these like Nick Bosa skits. So it has worked out. So good. So, so good, guys. And and that's you definitely have to make sure that you follow Steph on TikTok because those can happen at any moment. Put a lot of work in there. I think I think that is your finest work, especially with the way that you're answering, Kyle. Like when you said that part about we got to get you on the boat, I lost it, man. It's so good. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we move on to the uh, next topic, though, I got a quick uh, birthday shout out to my brother. It's his nice. birthday today. So shout out to him. Jimmy um, G. Yeah, a lot of people say he looks like Jimmy G. I wish we had a picture we can like pull up. But every time we go to games together, there's people who are like, "Hey, Jimmy G, Jimmy G." It's it's, <laughs> it's madness. It's insane. Not a bad person to look like. Miss you, Jimmy. <laughs> also, might see you soon, pal. Uh, either way, Steph, you know why everybody's here. So last night something kind of broke uh, about Debo Samuel being, I think, on a Philadelphia rec- uh, Philadelphia radio station, CBS Sports, something to that effect. And Debo Samuel was asked about the Eagles and kind of gave a short answer, gave a shorter answer, and then hung up. Steph, doesn't it feel like Debo Samuel's tired of talking about the Eagles? It does. Uh, A couple of things with this clip, right? One, I want to say that if any Eagles player were to be in that same situation where they were asked either about the 49ers or, you know, the Super Bowl, and they ended up hanging up, and that clip circulated, 49er fans, Chiefs fans, everyone would be laughing at that player. And, you know, so I just want to point out, you know, don't let the bias get the best of you. Uh, People are laughing at Debo Samuel for doing this and just calling him, you know, you know, a crybaby or whatever you want to call it. I hate to say, Jay, I hate to say Eagles and the 49ers since the Super Bowl, since the NFC championship game, they're having a cry off. I fear, um, <laughs> you know, like they, they're so in their feelings about what happened uh, again, both in the Super Bowl and the NFC championship game respectively. And at this point is getting kind of lame, but that being said, that being said, those questions from that interviewer were whack. They were lazy. There's so much other stuff you could have asked Debo you know, one thing I could think of is, is him talking about, you know, last season being terrible for him. Um, how to talk about that. Talk about, you know, Debo and, and what's going on with him and all that stuff. So I get it. I get the frustration. Obviously, you could tell right away that he was frustrated. And as an interviewer, you need to be able to, at that point, pivot. Unless your whole spiel or, or your whole goal was to piss Debo off. Maybe that was his goal to get better content because now that clip circulating and is getting a bunch of views listen new york times said they're getting rid of their you know sports reporting division maybe cbs should consider doing the same oh man that's spicy all right well we have the audio rob pull up the audio so we can listen pull it to up, exactly rob. pull it up rob let's make sure that we see uh what exactly is going on i also want to say this once i'm done i got a little i got a little tangent to go on as well too especially after i cook especially after i cooked the eagles last week you know it's so (laughs) funny so funny how this is continuing on but uh rob when you're ready you can pull that up but um uh, i'm just tired of talking about them they're not in the division you're only gonna play them once you probably won't play them again the idea that the the idea that the eagles will make it back to where they were with all these new players and Shane Steichen's gone. It's just it, they're kind of counting their their chickens, and I guess you can in the NFC because it's so weak. They all the like all the guys have like shifted over to the AFC, but 
you know, Debo's in a no-win situation here. If Debo talks about it, oh, he's a crybaby. He's still crying about it. If he hangs up the phone, oh, he's a crybaby. It, it's yeah. Stop asking these young men about this. It's really stupid, in my opinion. Stop asking them about it. It is very lazy. It is very lazy. So anybody who wants to call Debo a crybaby, whatever it is, you already just don't like the 49ers or you're just trying to stir the pot at this point. Now, I will say this. Debo isn't the greatest interviewer. Right. He, he comes off standoffish at times. He gives short answers. Doesn't seem like he ever wants to really be there. That's another thing as well, too. But also, you know, I, I have to kind of give it to Debo a little bit more in terms of, hey, just say, listen, it happened. This is what's going on. We're focused on this year. See, I just gave a coach speak answer. See, I can just come off the top of my head, give a coach speak, uh, speak answer and just keep it moving. Like, I don't want to talk about them. And let's also not also lie about the Eagles and they've been crying about the Super Bowl. CJ Garner Johnson, Brandon Graham, we didn't mm-hmm. forget about you. We haven't forgotten. You're still crying about the Super Bowl. So don't talk about anybody crying because Steph is dead on. You cry, they cry, cry, Eagles cry. They've been crying. So I don't want to hear that either as well, too. Like, it's really annoying. So Rob's got the clip. Let's play it. Diva Samuel here with us. Well, something that is your call. I saw what you said about the Eagles back at the Super Bowl at Sirius, where if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, you guys would have won that game by double digits. Why, why would that have been the case? I don't know that, though. So do you not still believe that? I mean, I do. But, I mean, we, we not, that shit is like, we're not going to keep talking about it. I mean, I said what I said. Gotcha. So then what happens this year when you play Philly on December 3rd? I don't know. Just wait till what, week 13, 12, whatever week it is, and we'll show you. Well, then you know how that's going to go down. You're, you're going into Philadelphia. Those fans are going to be booing you loud. you have a message for Eagles fans? Hey, guys. Yeah? All right, we're good to go. What do you mean? We have Debo on right now. Yeah, I know, but we're going to head into camp right now. Are, are you serious? Okay. Thank you. That's There you Thanks, go. Bye. And again, Debo, Debo literally said what we were just saying. What else is he supposed to say? What's said is said. And he's tired of talking about it. I understand. He said it pissed. He said yeah. it pissed. And, and for good reason. I, I would say, like, players, you know, whoever does these interviews, like, I think they need to start asking for the questions ahead of time. Because mm-hmm. you, as someone who's getting interviewed, I feel like, you know, Debo probably has the power to say, like, no, I'm not answering these questions. Don't ask me these. Like, scrap these. Like, I mean, it might seem like diva-ish, but at the same time, like, it would avoid situations like this where, you know, uh, the interviewer is getting embarrassed on live radio, right? So uh, I think in the future they should consider that. My two cents. And then another thing, again, is he's asked the question. If during the interview when they're asking him, which they did about the quarterback situation, about about his season, all that stuff – if during that interview, he's like, yeah, I can't wait to see the Eagles. That's rent-free, him bringing it up. Right. And for a lot of people that are like, why are the 49ers still talking about it? Well, I was at the Super Bowl. When Trey Lance was asked about the Eagles, he was asked about the Eagles. Every Eagles player was asked about the 49ers. Stop making it seem like guys are going out of their way to talk about it on Twitter. The way the Eagles are going out of their way to talk about the Super Bowl. In the slippery, slippery field, and it's not fair, Steph. We lost. No, 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 no. You're bringing it up. They're being asked. Whether Debo answered it correctly or didn't is whatever, right? Because you, you still have to maintain some sort of professionalism. You have to understand that if you're going into a Philadelphia sports network, whatever it is on, on CBS Sports, that you're going to be asked something about it. Stop, man. Just just stop making it seem like the 49ers are the ones talking about it. They're being asked about it. The Eagles are the ones talking about the Super Bowl, and they're crying about that. And 
you know what? I fear you're not going to get back. You know, no matter how everybody says, oh, we're just going to get back. No, I don't think you are. Regression is on the way. There's a such thing as a Super Bowl hangover. It's it's hard for you to duplicate what you did last year, especially with some of the people that you lost up front. Um, you know, thank you, Javon Hargrave as well, too. So <laughs> to kind of put, put a bow on it, it's just I'm done with it. Now I'm going to make a statement on this podcast. This is the last time. I'm discussing the Philadelphia Eagles unless we're being asked about an NFC preview. No, no, no. Unless we're being asked about an NFC preview and who's good in the NFC, which the Eagles are. Or week 13. Week 13 is when we'll talk about it. That's it. I don't want to hear about it. Week 13 is when we'll talk about it. Don't ask me about the Eagles. I don't care. And we'll get our lick back in week 13 and we'll run it back and we'll see where it's at. Okay. Jay just said that if you ask him about the Eagles, he's hanging up. Okay. I'm going to hang up. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. Don't do it. I'm hanging up. No coach speaking for that. I'm hanging up. And I live close enough to Philly that, you know, like, don't don't get me started. Anyway. Okay. All right. But that's the thing. That's the thing, though, right? Like, I, I think whatever Debo would have said if he stayed on that line would have been way worse than him just hanging up. 100%. Let's just leave it at that. So I think he, also, he did the uh, he did the mature thing at that point. <laughs> he also used TV mature words, and he called his publicist, Ashley. He's like, Ashley, come over here. Like, exactly. at, like. Like almost like Steph, Rob, bleep it out. <laughs> Ashley, hang it up. He literally did that. Hang that it was up, exactly. Ashley. Hang it up, Ashley. <laughs> hey, look, I know we're getting closer and closer to training camp. Two weeks away. Dates are still not, not announced for whatever reason. We know when the guys are going to report. That doesn't mean that those are the days that they're going to be practicing. It's usually about two days after. So if I was guessing, I'm waiting to book a flight. If I was guessing, I would probably say the 27th is going to be your first day. Uh, who knows? 49ers, what are you doing? It's the 11th already. Let's make uh, – let's – Let's make something happen. Do you do you think that they're trying to avoid this uh, content creator takeover at content <laughs> creator Royal Rumble? <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh hell, there too many too many of them are planning to go. Let's, I have bad uh, news. Wait, <laughs> I have bad news for people. I am not going to be counting throws and and well, he charted seven for eleven and he charted no. I'm going to tell you, this guy looked good. This guy looked good. I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. So I've got bad news for you. I'm not charting throws or anything like that because there's sacks that happen. You know, once the quarterback gets touched on the back, those type of things. Like, again, you know, Trey Lance could throw the ball down the field, but he got touched on the back. That's technically a sack. But, you know, you count it as a completion. That's please, man. Just let I don't care, man. Let, let somebody else do that. You'll have 10 people. One person will say he's one for 11. You have another person <laughs> to say he was 11 for 11. A lot of people, unfortunately, just don't know what they're watching sometimes. Anyway, but yeah. I think that they might be doing that, but either way, like they're not giving us any dates. So right now we've got to come up with content that's outside of the quarterback position, or unless you want to talk about the fact that Sam Darnold seeing ghosts at uh, George Kittle's house. Sorry, couldn't, uh, could not um, resist, could not resist. He said um, there were no ghosts, Jay. Oh, he's lying. Yeah, he man. No, How does he know, man? <laughs> um, no, but Jeremy Fowler uh, runs this piece. I think it's like the, the fourth or fifth year where he pulls about 80 general managers, coaches, players from across the league. And he he pulls them to to put up the best players in the league and he goes position by position. So some of them put in one player, some of them voted on all the positions. But I wanted to point out, you know, we have a large discussion and and, and it's funny because your video starts with the I think that's Lane Johnson's top yes. edge list, right? Yeah. So that that didn't include Nick Bosa. But looky, looky, looky. Nick Bosa, according to these 80 general managers, coaches, players who have been polled is the number one edge rusher in football. And I'll read real quick. His highest ranking was one. His lowest ranking was five. His last year's ranking was number three. Um, four years ago, the 49ers stumbled into the number two overall pick in the draft thanks to a fluky four-win season fueled in part by the then-quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo's season-ending injury. Their selection, Bosa, became the best pass rusher in the NFL. 
size, strength, power, speed, quickness, solid length, repertoire of moves, and high motor. A high-ranking NFL official has said he got it all. He used the league sack king last season with 18 and a half, produced a 15.3% pressure rate on his pass rushes in 2022 per next-gen stats. And his 48 quarterback hits led the field by 12. Evaluators say Bosa's leverage, get-off, technique, attention to detail set him apart. He's just so fast and twitchy, an NFL exec, an NFC exec said. He turns the edge so well and has a knack to get the ball back. He seems to make a game-changing play every week. Steph, you know what that sound is? It's the Brinks truck. Back it up. What do you think? Beep, beep, beep. Yes, yes, sir. I mean, it, it's the truth, man. And that's why I was so, um, you know, uh, mad about him not being on Lane Johnson's top five list. And, okay, sure, Lane Johnson has to play the Cowboys you know, twice a year. So maybe that's why he had two Cowboys on there. It seemed a little excessive to me, but come on, man. Nick, Nick Bosa deserves to be at the top of every list that includes defensive players, period. You know, so um, I, and it, I don't think it's a hot take to say that this is this regime's best draft pick by far. And it was an easy one, right? He was sitting right there, but yeah, I mean, there, there's not much you could say about Nick Bosa that isn't, like, you know, glowing reviews about him. So, uh, yeah, he's going to get that that big-ass contract, and I, I can't wait. He deserves it. Right. And, again, on our last show when we talked about the odds, I picked Nick Bosa to double up as a DPOY this year as well, too. I know a lot of people are concerned because he's going to get paid right before training camp that maybe, you know, he kind of lets up. I don't think that that's going to happen as well, too. But rounding out the top five, Miles Garrett, number two, Michael Parsons, number three, TJ Watt, number four, and hold your ears, uh, Hassan Reddick, number five for uh, the NFL's top edge rushers. Now, Steph, when we were talking about the edge rushers from last season, it really was a two-man race between Michael Parsons and Nick Bosa because Miles Garrett got injured, because TJ Watt lost Mm -hmm. a lot of his season to the torn peck. If all four of those guys are healthy, all five of those guys are healthy, it's going to be a lot harder for him to duplicate that. I mean, for God's sakes, T.J. Watt was on a historic pace uh, in sacking the quarterback. He's very good at football. So to see this, it's really great. And I know 49er fans are excited, but I do think the context of Miles Garrett had a bit of a down year because he was injured and so T.J. Watt kind of makes it easier to just put Nick Bosa in there, even if he is super deserving of it. Yeah, I agree. And that's why, you know, last week I disagreed with you on, you know, uh, Nick Bosa getting DPOY for a second year in a row just because TJ Watt, like I I think, would have been in that conversation. And he seems to be not the poster boy, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just like my bias speaking that I feel like, you know, people forget about 49ers players sometimes in, mm-hmm. in such conversations. But I feel like people would put – TJ Watt over Nick Bosa, which is a like you can make that argument. Um, but that's why I, I'm not sure if if Nick Bosa would get it again, just because if TJ Watt is healthy, he's gonna have a monster season as well. And you know, I could see him being one of the favorites. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the numbers for TJ Watt, which they're right here, I mean, oh my goodness, man. Led the league with 15 and then 22 and a half, 13, 14 and a half, 15, 22 and a half. Five and a half in five games. I mean, TJ Watt is a dog, man. Eight forced fumbles in 2019. Incredible, incredible. And and again, last season, he would have possibly done the same exact thing, man. And I think, I mean, look for it, Hunter fans. TJ Watt's been doing it longer. 
and has bigger numbers. You know, I mean, I know we love our players. I know we love Nick Bosa. I think he's well worth of the, you know, deservingness. But stop sleeping on TJ Watt, man. Like he, and if he has a full season, you can expect that over again. Like he, that's an historic rate, 22 and a half. Yeah. Like that's historic. So it's, it's just good to see that. Uh, again, I think a lot of this list has to do with the fact of what happened last year and why guys are there. Because even if you read the article, which is on ESPN, by the way, cut the check, they uh, they actually say that that the singular talent, the best singular talent at the at the edge rusher position is actually Miles Garrett. But he's too inconsistent in terms of his production, which is why you can't give him the nod. So, I mean, again, this is off of last year. And that's why you're going to see Nick Bosa there as well, too. Okay. Rob, do we have any other? I mean, I, I think it's just the edge rusher ones that, that were there um, in terms of that. But uh, in, if, if there is something else, then you could pull it up. I actually wanted to talk about something real quick about that I wrote about Steph real fast. Um, you know, during the content time, it's really hard to figure out what to write about. You know, if you want to write think pieces about quarterbacks, go ahead. I mean, everybody's putting them out there on Twitter threads, whatever social media you're on right now. But I thought it was kind of fun. I found like four four like forgotten NFL players or just misremembered 49er players. And, you know, three of them were actually, well, two of them were shocking. The other two I kind of had in my head because I remember. So for anybody who, you know, is on Instagram, does comedy, right? Spice Adams, 49ers legend, right? Uh, Drafted by the 49ers in the second round, right? Now comedy influencer, somebody who's really funny. But Steffi actually had a pretty long career of about like six, seven, eight seasons between the 49ers and the Bears. I think that's kind of interesting that that people forget that that Spice Adams was actually a legit football player. And elite name, by the way, yeah. like Spice Adams, like uh-huh. that's elite. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what years did he play? Do you do you know that? Uh, I do have to, I'll pull that up real quick if you want to talk about that real fast. Yeah, because um I oh, guess yeah. I, oh, Anthony Adams, yeah. Anthony so Adams. So Anthony Adams was drafted. Government in name Anthony Adams. <laughs> 2003 uh, in the second round. Um, was, was much better. I, I would say in run defense, you know, especially when you look at this, I mean, he only had 10 and a half sacks, but tackle for loss, five, six, three, um, his, his approximate value, which is the way that pro football reference basically gives value to players in their season five and six in his, in 2004 and 2005, eight in his last year in 2010, a nine year career, not bad for a comedy comedy influencer, man. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's pretty entertaining for sure. Like, I I don't think I really knew about him too much around this time. Like, yeah, this is probably around the time I started becoming a fan of the Niners, but I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't that deep, deep into the trenches. But uh, I, I love his comedy. Uh, excellent pun because he's in the trenches as well, too. So uh, two coaches, one who's actually a head coach now and one who is a Hall of Fame head coach. Tony Dungy played one season as a San Francisco 49er, and Todd Bowles played one season as a San Francisco 49er in 1991. He was signed when the, oops, sorry, Washington football team. Bleep it out, Rob. Um, (laughs) uh, They left him unprotected, and the 49ers signed him, and he played safety. So, again, forgotten, forgotten players, right? And then the last one is Rod Woodson, man. Right before Rod Woodson went and became a pro bowler again, with the Baltimore Ravens, you guys forget that he was there for one year with the San Francisco 49ers. Hell of a career, Rod Woodson. But I thought that was kind of interesting, especially when you go back and you look at the random names that are there. Everybody can pull up J.J. Stokes and, oh, this guy and this guy. But, you know, like Tony Dungy playing one season, Todd Bowles playing one season. And I didn't know Todd Bowles is from New Jersey. He's from Elizabeth. Uh, so mm. shout out to him, man. Jersey boy made good. 
Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. No, nope, not saying that name. <laughs> Bleep it out. Get it off the screen. Not saying that name. All right. Well, there was one other list as well, too. They actually posted the off-ball linebackers. Steph, who's number one? I'll give you one. I'll give you two guesses. You'll probably just need one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who else than Fred Warner, right? And I, I love this because Fred Warner, you can make the argument about Nick Bosa as, you know, best edge rusher, sure. But Fred Warner, it seems like you can't really make an argument about anyone else getting this spot other than Fred Warner. And I love that for him, and I love that for the 49ers. Um, and it, it's true. I mean, the, he, he's the best at it. And so let's see some of the quotes that that people said about Fred um he's the perfect new age linebacker great against the pass but can handle himself against the run a big athlete with plus leadership and communication that was from an afc scout um yeah and i I would say like i think fred warner kind of started the new trend of linebackers in the nfl where after he got drafted it was like well who's the next fred warner every every year right it was like who's the next fred warner and he kind of i think started this uh sideline to sideline uh you know trend for linebackers and just his particular skill set um and also I think coming from the safety background is is one thing that I think uh, uh scouts looked at you know after he got drafted and seen how much success he had yeah and and our good friend Jordan Elliott actually charted the Dallas Cowboy game in which he wasn't just like following CD lamb. He was blanketing him like from like literally mugging over the a gap and then jumping back. Like, I mean, that's obviously the safety background, but as big as he is as a linebacker to be able to do things like that is special. And, and again, I think to your point with Nick Bosa, if somebody wants to say TJ Watts the best, if somebody wants to say this guy's the best, you can have an argument with that. There is no argument for any linebacker to be anywhere near the discussion with Fred Warner. So this one is super easy in the beginning. The way that that, that blurb starts was, I can't believe that someone had him ranked three. And 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 who is this person? Reveal yourself. <laughs> and and who are these other two linebackers that you feel are better than Frederico Warner? Because I, I don't know who they are. I don't think they're real. But Rob brings up a good point. Do you think that Steve Wilkes is going to use him to blitz a little bit more um, this year? Because you do feel like maybe he's going to be a bit more aggressive? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I, I've looked at this in the past, just Steve Wilkes uh, blitzing numbers and not only linebackers, but I think, you know, of course, the defensive backs as well are going to get involved. I mean, the 49ers were 20th in blitz rate last season, um, but Steve Wilkes as the Browns defensive coordinator back in 2019, he dialed up 35.3% uh, blitzes and that was fourth in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be more involved also as a Panthers defensive coordinator uh Wilts blitzed 44 percent of dropbacks and that was second in the league and uh used defensive backs on 13.9 of those and when you have a player like Fred Warner you have to take advantage of that so seeing those blitz numbers from Steve Wilkes knowing that the 49ers have Fred Warner who can do it all I think yes he's definitely gonna get into that bag of tricks Okay, and I'm pulling this up now because I definitely want to see who else was ranked number one. Roquan Smith is number two. His highest ranking was number two. Tremaine Edwards was highest ranking was number two. He So that's two. That Well, it's a former Bear and a new Bear. Uh, number four, Matt Milano was fourth. Devin White was highest ranked number two. Demario Davis is number six. He was highest ranked at number two. 
Shaquille Leonard is seven. Um, his highest rank was six. Nick Bolton from Kansas City, that's five. C.J. Mosley was five from the Jets. And Drake Greenlaw, number Whoa. 10. But highest rank, number three. Yo, that's wild. I don't know if I do all that, but that's that's cool. But you know what it is? You know what it is? And I was thinking this when we were talking about Fred Warner being unquestionably, like, number one. When people look at linebacker rankings – they always, you know, 49ers are always in the top three. Why is that? Because of Fred Warner. He's pulling so much weight it, it, on this linebacker unit. It's not so much about Dre Greenlaw, although I, I thought he stepped up big last season. He had a great year, and I think he just continues to improve as a player. But let's be honest. I think the reason that he's number 10 on this list and someone had him as high as three, it's the Fred Warner effect. Okay, and... Well, I guess this person, well, Jeremy Fowler, Greenlaw, no longer plays in the shadow of Warner or any other 49er. He emerged as a standout in his fourth season, made a huge jump, relentless and extremely physical, and took a big jump in coverage. Obviously benefits from the guys around him, but he made so many big plays this year. There you go. Obviously yeah. benefits from the guys yes. around him. Two forced fumbles tied him for first on the defense, has 127 tackles with a second most. Greenlaw's minus 28 expected points added when targeted led all NFL linebackers I feel like people don't know who he was for a while, but he's a major player, a Pro Bowl defensive player set. Wow. There you go. So two 49ers in the top 10. Today would be, I believe they're dropping cornerbacks. Oh, do we riot if Mooney Ward is not on this list? <laughs> um, I'd be surprised if he was, honestly, just because, you know, as a whole, the secondary unit for the 49ers yesterday, I mean, yesterday, last season, it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, last season, you know, was the weak point of the defense. And everyone knew it. Like, especially mm -hmm. casual fans or people from the outside looking in thought that the 49ers secondary, you know, was bad, right? Um, because it gave up so many big plays. So I wouldn't expect Mooney Ward, as good as he is, uh, to be on that list for that reason. Mm, I think 49er fans are going to be upset. Well, I mean, naturally, well, 49er I fans mean, are upset. Yeah. Naturally, 49er fans are upset. <laughs> doesn't, take mean, <laughs> doesn't take much. Doesn't take too much. Like, <laughs> he could literally be number one, and they would say, who ranked up third? I hate him. You know, so like, they lose it. What, okay, let's predict what the content aggregators are going to say. Oh. Re revenge ESPN, season loading. <laughs> ESPN disrespects Mooney Ward. Or Mooney, what is it? Um, Mooney comeback season. Let him doubt. <laughs> With the with the emoji of the you know smoke coming out of the nose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's always a good one. So we'll find out what ESPN does when they put it out. Uh, it should be out a little bit later. Yeah, Mooney Ward season loading. You know what? All right. <laughs> I have a question, and this has to do with the 49ers. And and look at us. I'm not talking about the quarterback. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Um, who would have thought? Not me. The Colin McKibbis thing. Um, I, I kind of want to like circle back from last season. When the idea of Jake Brendel starting, Banks is starting, O'Burford starting, and then you kind of know what you've got, left tackle, right tackle, Mike McGlinchey, Trent Williams. And now the 49ers really only have one sort of question mark. I mean, obviously there's questions as to whether Burford can take another step. Can Banks continue to improve? Can Brendel keep up the same sort of durability and, and baseline play that he gave last season? But should the 49ers have the benefit of the doubt when they say that it's Colton McKivitz when there's really no real backup plan in the building that you feel super excited about? Like Jalen Moore is an option, clearly. Possibly it could be uh, Matt Pryor. 
are the 49ers banking too hard on Colton McKivitz or should we just give them the benefit of the doubt? Um, I think we should give them the benefit of the doubt because they've done this before, especially with the offensive line where they get someone who, you know, isn't some high caliber player. And we doubt that that player is going to end up being the starter or the right choice. Um, and they end up doing just fine. You know, Jake Brendel rings a bell in in that conversation. Right. So I think they know that their scheme uh, is able to, you know, maybe elevate certain players to an extent, right? And certainly they feel that way about Colt McKivitz. But I think another reason to feel, you know, optimistic that the 49ers, you know, trust what they have seen, Colt McKivitz was drafted by the 49ers. They have seen him for the last few years, and they've seen what he has become. And, of course, he wasn't going to be starting over Mike McGlinchey, but the fact also that they were willing or considering trading Mike McGlinchey last season tells you they would have been comfortable with Colton McKivitz uh, starting as early as last year. So I think that tells you that they have a lot of trust in him. And based on that, I'm going to trust the 49ers because they have seen him way more than we have. The fact that we haven't really seen him at all is what gives us pause and, and you know, makes us second guess that this is the right choice. But I think overall, it's going to be a good move for this team. Now, I also think the fact that there's a lot of continuity going into this season on the offensive line elsewhere, that's going to help Colton McKivitz too. Um, And, I mean, like I said, Colton McKivitz has been on this team, so he might not even experience the slow start like other players who are learning the system as they go, right, Um, with each week. So he, he knows the system, and you know, hopefully it should be a pretty seamless transition into a starting role. Yeah, and again, Kyle Shanahan is not going to leave him on an island. Obviously, there's obvious passing situations. There's nothing you can do because game flow dictates or or game plans on the other side dictate those things. But, I mean, Kyle's hidden players before. I mean, for God's sakes, he had people actually believing that Tom Compton was some sort of an upgrade over Mike McGlinchey, <laughs> right? Like, like, that's what the scheme does. The scheme just doesn't elevate quarterbacks and – Pro, uh, you know, star players, it elevates everybody on the offense. And that's that's part of the confidence that you should have, really, when it comes to that. So, sure, he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of people would have been skeptical last season when you heard that Spencer Burford would start. Clearly, Daniel Brunskill gave them a chance to ease him into the role, which it doesn't have to make sense to us. The method to the madness doesn't have to make sense, but they rotated them both, and they didn't want him to get overwhelmed. And for it worked for, for as long as it did. I mean, the 49ers got as close as they did. So I think they do. Um, I, I really think they do. But the concern comes in where you said, just you can be hopeful, but not seeing it. I'm very much like a, I got to see it a little bit. So that's sort of, I guess, what training camp is going to be for. It's going to have to go against, you know, uh, you know, Nick Bosa. And we'll see, you know, so we, we will see. I, I think, I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I think it's something that the, the fan base is nowhere near as panicked now about offensive line than they were last year last year it was oh my god brendel banks burford what are we gonna do i i am so scared and you know what for for all intents and purposes it it really it really kind of worked out and again that's part due to the scheme but it's also part due to the development of chris forrester and what kyle shanahan has i got one more question for you stuff nick bost is gonna have 70 billion sacks this year i think that's that's the official number that we're putting right now who has the second most sacks on this team? And that is going to be interesting. 
Ah, that's interesting. Uh, I would say Javon Hargrave is kind of, that's kind of my choice. Better be, Uh, pal. (laughs) I mean, he had 11 sacks last season, and that was, you know, him, you know, someone benefiting also from the Eagles having a stacked defensive line. He now joins a 49ers stacked defensive line. So I think he's going to be up there, but you know, maybe, maybe Eric Armstead kind of surprised us this season too. Right. Because I do think Javon Hargrave is, is going to help Eric out this season and, you know, he's not going to get as much attention, which is going to be detrimental to some offensive lines and some quarterbacks out there. So I don't know, maybe he can sneak in and, and get double digits this year too. Yeah, I can see both sides of the coin, right? Javon Hargrave is here to produce, and he's a stud, and he's the best at the position. But what if all that attention he draws gets Eric Armstead some more advantageous looks? What if all of that attention at all three of those guys gets Drake Jackson some looks? That's really what's interesting about this. It's not as it's not as cut and dry like as just Hargrave. Obviously, you know, let's talk about like betting again. The smart money or the easy money would be on that because he's so good. But pay a little bit more attention to him. You don't pay enough to Eric. You don't pay enough to Drake Jackson. Now you might start to see a, a different shift. And then that's where the, the sack number and, and always my contention with just, oh, how many sacks did he have? It doesn't always it doesn't always show impact. Mm-hmm. I always like I like pressures over sacks. Now, sacks are great because you actually finished, but you could have a pressure from another side and, and literally have the quarterback run right into you. And then you end up with a sack. I don't necessarily just sacks isn't the end all be all should be one piece of the puzzle. So I do. I I am very interested. It should be Hargrave is the answer. But what if Hargrave demands so much attention that Eric Armstead gets all of these these advantageous looks? What if they start moving uh, Armstead around a little bit more? Maybe he gets on the edge when they when they can feel like they want to show some things. Right. Like we even saw D'Amico kind of put Drake mugging over the C gap and then moving guys outside. You know, what if Steve Wilk starts to get that type of of creative with it so it's it should be hargrave but it's going to be interesting to see with the attention that hargrave demands will it benefit someone else and get into sacks and like and like kurt sampson says armstead's going to get a lot of capture sacks so yeah i i really think that that's that's a good point too watch it be like clinton farrell <laughs> austin bryant come on down buddy it's your time pal <laughs> i don't think i don't i still don't think that get i'm sorry no, I was going to say, like, it could happen. Like, I think there's room in this rotation with this defensive line for everyone to be, you know, productive. I mean, Omenahue, who was a rotational guy, four and a half sacks last season, right? And <clears throat> I don't know. Let's see. Let, let's see. It, it, we could get surprised. Okay. So to end this off, I'm going to have to ask you, are, am I going to see you at training camp? Um. At, so I'm waiting for the dates to drop. But as of right now, my plan is to be there for the second week. Okay. Um, because I get back from vacation on the twenty third. I feel like if I go that same week, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be yeah, dead. Right. I need some I need some time. So second week I'll be there. And then of course, like we already know we're gonna be in Vegas acting. Vegas is so. up. Yeah, no, Vegas is done. That's done deal. Like, and listen to me, Jimmy Garoppolo. You get your ass to that practice. You get your ass to that practice. Real quick, uh, breaking news, out-of-state content creators will appear at training camp. Steph, what's your favorite <laughs> moment from last year's training camp? Because we all got a lot, man. We did we did a lot of stuff. Didn't pull up to Yard House this time. 
Um, we did a lot of stuff though. What was uh, what was uh, what was yours? Honestly, so you know, not looking at the practice specifically, but just like you know, outside of practices, meeting Angie was maybe uh, you know, one of the top moments. Just because for those of you who don't know, Forty Nine Carats mm-hmm. Podcast, uh, which is my current podcast that I do by myself, but I actually started with uh, Angie. Yeah, some of you might know her as Angie Sunshine uh, mm. on on Twitter and whatnot. One so of the sunshines. Her, one of the sunshines. So meeting her in person was was pretty cool to, to finally do. That's it. Nothing with me. Cool. And Whatever. <laughs> this is the end of the episode. All right, guys, we're gonna get out of here. And, was that the first time we met in person too? No. Okay yes. then. Wait. Yes. Right. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Rob, bleep that out too. Angie from Turlock, Brett Rumbeck says. <laughs> Turlock, Turlock legend, Brett Rumbeck uh, in here. To, uh, when you think of Turlock, you think of Brett Rumbeck, you think of Angie, you think of Colin Kaepernick. All three of those guys, legends, just at the top <laughs> right there. So, hey, but yeah. Jay, I, got a, I got a question for you for uh, camp. Yep. So, because we, we were both kind of drippy, you know, like you brought your, the shoe game out. What is your like holy grail of travel shoes? Like what's what's a pair that you always try to bring with you? Oh man, if not one, two pairs of Jordan ones at least, man. They're they're comfortable, they're all purpose. If I want to throw them on with a suit jacket, they'll be fine. You don't look crazy. You want to wear them with shorts, they look fine, they look fine with with jeans. Jordan ones definitely got to, but I always, always, always have to bring my pair of Adidas, man, because those are my perfect flying shoes. They're slip-on, they're 49ers colors, they're super comfortable. And they just, they're perfect to travel in. Like Adidas uh, pants and those shorts, like, and those sneakers, you have to because it's so hard to get from, well, not hard. It's like five, six hours from from where I live. But yeah, you got to travel comfortably. Otherwise, it's going to be horrible for you. So you do, you do Adidas sweatpants. You got the whole jumpsuit going? No, like, stop it. I'm not, I'm not run DMC. I just, I, I just, I, my biggest pet peeve is, and I went to, uh, I went to the Yankee game on Saturday. My biggest pet peeve is like, if you're wearing Adidas socks, don't wear Nikes. If you're wearing Adidas sneakers, don't wear Nike socks. Please do not cross brand. If I'm going to wear my Adidas pants, I'm not going to wear them with Jordans or, or Air Forces or Nikes or anything like that. No. See, this is why this is why I don't buy any of those name brand socks because I, I would do that. What? Steph, all right, I, this is... But first, I, I don't, I don't though, because I don't have Adidas or Nike socks. Jason's okay? a close snob. I'm not a close snob, I'm a brand snob. It's not the same thing. Um, <laughs> first, Steph says that, that her favorite thing in trading camp has nothing to do with me, and now <laughs> and now she says this, man, I'm done with this, man. This is the end of the episode. Hey, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys like this video on all three channels. Subscribe to all three channels. Subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure that you guys are following... Gold Standard Podcast Networks on Twitter, GSN 49ers on Instagram. And Rob said there's a new story dropping on the website as well, too. He's got some Debo thoughts. And you know, Rob, you know, Rob's not going to say anything that you guys want to hear. Yeah, you know, he's going to he's going to cook. He's going to cook. Um, wait, Nike and Jordan, that counts. That That's the same yeah, thing. Nike, Nike, Nike is, is Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. What, what the what? There is no Jordan without Nike. Of course, that counts. Yeah. That's not the same thing. Adidas is not Nike. Nike and Jordan is the same thing. That does not count at all. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys are subscribed everywhere. Make sure you follow Steph. Make sure you follow me on Twitter or threads. I don't know what we're doing. I don't think anybody's on Twitter and nobody's on threads either. Everybody's just kind of sitting at home. Hope you guys are hanging out with your family because we're two weeks away from camp and we could really start arguing with each other. But Touch some grass, please. 
please guys and go outside and just breathe a little bit it's okay man we'll, we'll have enough time to yell at each other about the kicker and all that stuff so all right for for uh for steph for jason we're out of here peace